Psalm chapter 25. Job went through quite a few troubles. Uh, He faced the loss of his children, his possessions, his health. Uh, And through it all, he continued to seek God's face. Uh, Sometimes in frustration and anger, but he continued to seek God's face. And he waited on God, and he found that God was faithful. Um, I believe that as, as we go through the waiting times of life, there are some blessings that God wants to give us both in that waiting time as well as uh, in the time when he finally does answer a prayer or uh, provide what is desired. So David in in this scripture is going through a time of waiting, uh, possibly the very time period that we were talking about this morning as he was fleeing from Saul, but he's waiting God has anointed him king, and God has promised him these blessings, and yet he's in the in-between time, and he's waiting on God. And so um, I believe that just as David sought the Lord in the time of waiting, so do we need to seek God and wait on him and trust him in those times of waiting. The time of my message is the blessings of waiting on God. Uh, look with me at verse 1 of Psalm 25. Lord, I turn to you. My God, I trust in you. Do not let me be disgraced. Do not let my enemies gloat over me. No one who waits for you will be disgraced. Those who act treacherously without cause will be disgraced. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he shows sinners the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep his covenant and decrees. Because of your name, Yahweh, forgive my sin, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will show him the way he should choose. He will live a good life, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he reveals his covenant to them. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. The distresses of my heart increase. Bring me out of my sufferings. Consider my affliction and trouble and take away all my sins. Consider my enemies for they are numerous and they hate me violently. Guard me and deliver me. Do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and what is right watch over me for I wait for you. God redeem Israel from all its distresses. The blessings of waiting on God. What are those blessings? Well, first of all, I want you to see that as we wait on God, He blesses us with His faithfulness. His faithfulness. In verse 3, He says, No one who waits for you will be disgraced. What does it mean to wait on God? Well, the word that's used here is a word that speaks of uh, trust in God. It speaks of hope in the future of what God's going to do. Uh, But it also speaks of that patient waiting 
for God to fulfill what he has promised. Do you remember Abraham in the Old Testament? God promised Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Over 10 years passed, and Abraham still didn't have a son. He was in a time of waiting. Uh, finally, God comes, and Abraham and Sarah are both so, so old, they can't have children. Uh, God sends them messengers, and, and Abraham receives a message. This time next year, your, your wife is going to have a, a child. Abraham laughs, and uh, they talk about it some more, and he repeats the promise. Then Sarah laughs. He says, why is Sarah laughing? She says, I didn't laugh. He said, yeah, you did laugh. Everybody's laughing in the story. Well, finally, the promise comes, and they name him Isaac, which means he laughs. Uh, everybody's laughing. This God is faithful to his promises. I want you to know something. There may be times in your life where there will be a delay, but God is always faithful. Uh, Paul saw that God was faithful as he went from place to place as a missionary and experienced persecution, and God delivered him time and time again. Um, Lazarus, the beggar, saw that God was faithful. He, was a, he, was, he went without in, in much of his life and uh, laid at the gate of a rich man who, who ate a great meal every day. But Lazarus died, and he was ushered into heaven and was comforted by God. God is faithful. And God sees every person's life. Doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. And he honors those who honor him. And, and uh, what, a, what a great blessing to know the faithfulness of God. You can trust God to keep his promises. Not one of God's promises has ever failed. And we have a whole lot to look forward to in the future. Uh, one day Jesus is coming back. He's going to raise us up, to catch us up, to be with him. And uh, there'll be a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, no disease, no heartache, no pain, no suffering, no bad news. It's going to be great. These are promises of God that God is going to bring to pass. But he says, no one who waits for you will be disgraced. He's speaking of that ultimate sense in which people here in this life, may be persecuted for the sake of Christ, but one day, things will be made right. Um, the ISIS persecution of Christians overseas has, has been great, but uh, I, I'm here to tell you, those who've lost their lives will be honored with a crown, the Bible tells us. And those enemies that had persecuted them will have to acknowledge that God has loved them and been good to them. Um, the scripture promises that. So God is faithful. In those times where you don't see his faithfulness, hold on to him and trust. Take your doubts and your struggles to him uh, and ask God to sustain your faith. Um, there have been uh, a time uh, where there was a time where I was angry with God. What I learned is when you begin to go through a trial... Pray as you're going into that trial, Lord, help me to have a heart of faith in you. Help me to continue to trust you even in this trial when I may be tempted to doubt you. And, and I found that God has helped me with that and he's sustained my faith. In those times where my faith was weak, he's restored it. Uh, there, God is, is, is faithful to not only 
keep his promises, but to help us in the midst of trouble. So take those things to him. So uh, blessings of waiting on God, his faithfulness. Secondly, his teaching. His teaching. Look at verse 5. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Look at verse 9. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Now, what is God doing? In times of waiting, he's teaching us. Um, David learned some things in his times of waiting. He learned leadership. He, first of all, had a couple hundred men. Then he had 300 men. And then uh, he had 600 men following him as he's running around from Saul. And God is developing him in leadership. He is teaching him how to depend upon God. Uh, He is teaching him how uh, to have compassion on people uh, who do the wrong thing, as in the case with Nabal. Uh, And and so many things are going on in David's life, and it may on the outside to David look as if it's wasted time, but God never wastes time. And God takes that time in David's life to prepare him for the plan that he has. And so uh, God will teach you. He'll also teach you his word. Uh, He teaches his covenant. He says later on in the chapter, uh, to those who love him. We have an Old Testament and a New Testament. An Old Covenant and a New Covenant in Scripture. You want to learn the word of God. One of the ways God teaches you the word of God is through those times of difficulty and waiting on him. So it's a blessing of waiting on God. So, blessings of waiting on God, his faithfulness, his teaching. Thirdly, his grace. His grace. Look at verse 7. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. Look at verse 8. The Lord is good and upright. Therefore, he shows sinners the way. Aren't you grateful that God is gracious to us? Uh, aren't you glad that the Bible says, Come, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Uh, the Bible teaches that Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary, which was yet to happen in Psalm 25, but guess what? They were saved by the same blood of Jesus in David's day that we're saved today. Uh, the blood of Jesus, they were saved on credit, right? We're saved after the fact. They were saved before the fact. But there's no soul that has ever been saved that has been saved any other way than by the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans says he looked over the sins previously committed, looking forward to the time when Jesus would come. Praise God for his grace. Scripture uh, describes grace as unmerited favor. Uh, there's an acrostic, somebody said, God's riches at Christ's expense. The riches of heaven are mine. Not because I deserve them, but because Christ deserved them in my behalf. Escaping hell is is my privilege. Not because I deserve to escape it, but because Jesus paid the penalty for my sin at the cross. God gives me the blessings of relationship with him. But he also gives me grace in the time of waiting. I love that scripture that says he knows that We are dust, that we have feet of clay. Aren't you grateful that God sympathizes with us in our struggles? One of the most moving scriptures in all the Bible is is the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This is a different Lazarus. But this Lazarus was very sick, and he dies. 
while he's sick, Mary and Martha send for Jesus to come heal him. And uh, Jesus stays there a couple more days and Lazarus dies. And, and they make their way to Mary and Martha and Jesus sees them suffering. And Martha comes to him first. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Finally, they send for Mary. The Lord is here and he wants to see you. Mary comes out. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And the Bible says that as, as they were weeping and grieving, Jesus says, let's go to the tomb. And Jesus knew what he was getting ready to do. But as he saw them grieving, the Bible says he was angry in his spirit. It's a very strong word in the Greek. Only two places in scripture where the Bible says Jesus was angry, and this is one of them. He wasn't angry because Lazarus was dead, because he knew what he was going to get ready to do. He was going to raise him up. He was angry at the suffering that Mary and Martha were going through, and the questioning that they were going through, and uh, the struggle that they were going through. And I want you to know Jesus has the same heart toward you. And the wonderful thing that he deals with us in his grace in those times of waiting and struggle. So blessings of waiting on God, his faithfulness, his teaching, his grace, his leadership. I love this one. Look at verse 12. He was the man who fears the Lord. He will show him the way he should choose. Isn't that a great truth? Those times where you don't know what to do. God can show you what to do through his word, through his spirit. We talked about that this morning. But God is faithful to lead us. Sometimes it's leadership one day at a time. Jesus said sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You ever had those times where, you know, if you thought about much more than a 24-hour period, it was just overwhelming to think about. But one day at a time, God provides the leadership that we need. What did a shepherd do? In the days of, of Israel, he would lead his sheep. He would speak to his sheep, and they would follow him every day. He'd go uh, get the sheep uh, out of the sheepfold if he had a sheepfold. If not, he, he slept with them uh, under the stars. But uh, he would every morning, he would come get them, and he would speak to them, and they would follow him out. And he would take them all the places they needed to go. He'd take them for food. He'd take them for water. Uh, he'd care for their needs. But every part of their day was spent listening to the shepherd's voice, and he led them each step of the way. Jesus will do the same thing for us. He'll lead us. He'll, he'll, he'll guide us in those things. We need to take this step. He'll show us as we have a heart that fears him. That is a conditional promise. If a man fears the Lord, he will lead him in his way. What does it mean to fear the Lord? I think it's a, it's a, it's a sense in which we understand that God is not to be trifled with. God's a God of grace, a God of love, but God is also not a fool. Uh, Galatians says, uh, God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And so there's the scripture speaks in, in Hebrews 12 about the discipline of God, uh, about how God disciplines his children out of love to help them share in his holiness and the blessings of righteousness. Um, when I was growing up, I knew that my dad loved me. But I also knew he wasn't to be trifled with. My mother had a sweet, you know, some of you have met my mother. You know, she's soft-spoken and very gentle and 
you know, we could kind of sometimes work, work it with my mom, but not with dad. The words we, we feared most of all when we were in trouble was, I'm going to tell your dad when he gets home. And uh, the discipline would come, and, and, and I knew he, knew he loved me. But, but there, was a, there was a healthy respect. I think Christians sometimes lose that sense of respect. The love of God is emphasized so much, and it needs to be emphasized. But sometimes I think we almost overlook the fact that God is not a fool. He's not some happy grandfather in the sky that you can manipulate. He knows us. And uh, he, he doesn't deal with us in vindictiveness, but he will discipline us if we persist in sin. Um, and so uh, this, this sense of fearing God, it means that I, not only am I fearful of the consequences of persistent sin, but also that I, um, that I am fearful in the sense that I don't want to uh, have my relationship with God broken. You know, sometimes it, we're secure as God's children. We talked about that this morning. But uh, there is a sense in which my sin sometimes can break the fellowship that I have with God. And so I have to confess that. And, and, and sometimes I think God um, withdraws because we, through our sin, we put him at arm's length. And there's this, this healthy sense. And a person that fears God, there's this healthy sense of... Um, recognizing that this relationship that I have with God needs to be pursued. That I need to, to try to keep my sins confessed to God and so forth. And so, uh, God is not a hard person to get along with uh, when, you, when you bring your sins to Him, confess them. Uh, and he, he is, we take one step toward Him, He takes five towards us. I mean, it's, it's amazing the grace of God that He has toward us. But the person that fears God just understands that you need to be careful. Uh, and so when you have this attitude and, and you truly have a desire and a heart to follow after God and you're truly seeking Him, He says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And God begins to lead you in your life more clearly. Uh, somebody once said, don't expect God to lead you in other areas of your life if you're not being obedient to the things he's already told you. So that, that kind of goes along with this idea. But his leadership is a great blessing in those times of waiting. What will we do without that leadership in our lives? So his faithfulness, his teaching, his grace, his leadership, his counsel. Love this. Verse 14. The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he reveals his covenant to them. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. The secret counsel of the Lord. When I think of a secret counsel, I think of, uh, we've been having all this stuff with the inauguration, the president's cabinet, right? You know, they're in the Oval Office. They're, ta they're talking about things that are top secret. Nobody else knows about them. But, there are important things that need to be discussed. And, and these are the, the people that are closest to the president in his, in his work situation. And uh, the same thing is true in the spiritual life. When you fear God and you have a heart of love for God and you're seeking after God, God takes you into his special counsel. 
Isn't that an amazing thought? God begins to show you things in his word that he may not show just everybody. God begins to lead you in ways in your life that maybe he doesn't just lead with everybody. But guess what? Sometimes the time of waiting is where this closeness develops. And we begin to find that we have the counsel of God as we seek him and fear him. I can think of a lot of people over the years that God has blessed me with, good friends, uh, my parents and, and others that have been, and some of you have been uh, godly counselors for me. And I've, I've been grateful for that. There's nobody else I'd rather hear from than God Almighty, who is perfect in wisdom, perfect in understanding, and has the perfect love for me. So his counsel is another blessing. Next, his protection. Verse 15. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will pull my feet out of the net. We talked this morning about the attacks of the enemy, the evil one. Can I tell you that God is able to protect us from the evil one? He's able to pull our feet out of the net. He's able to pull our feet out of the net when other people are after us too. It's an amazing thing. David experienced this. Saul set plenty of nets for David, didn't he? But God delivered him from every one. Um, God's protection. What a great blessing. Those times of waiting sometimes can be a fearful time. We may think, has God forgotten me? Uh, there's, there's been a promise, I've, I've had this hope, but God, where's the answer? And we think God's forgotten us, but no, God is right there with us in the middle of it, and he is able to protect us. And nothing can come to us but what God allows, and if he allows it, he has a purpose for it. So his protection is a great blessing of waiting on God. And then finally, his deliverance. The distresses of my heart increases, verse 17. Bring me out of my sufferings. Bring me out of my sufferings. The distresses of my heart increase. Bring me out of my sufferings. I praise God for doctors. I went to the dentist, uh, and I was talking to my Sunday school class about this. I have, I have an abscess tooth, and they've also already worked on it. I, I can barely feel it now, but I've got to go back. Uh, week from Tuesday to uh, have that tooth worked on again and they'll, they'll hopefully finish it and uh, be done with it but uh, what a blessing to be able to have that pain taken care of amen but sometimes the pains that are in our hearts are harder to deal with than those physical pains sometimes a pain that is in somebody's heart gets lodged there People may believe a lie of the enemy or uh, may have circumstances that have taken place in their lives that they feel like they define who they are. But I'm here to tell you something. I don't care what the distress of your heart is. God can bring you out. And in those times of waiting, when we're distressed and when our hearts, when we're emotionally going through a, a trial, we can rest in the fact that God can bring us out. There have been times where I have struggled with my faith, and God has brought me out. There's been times where I've struggled with discouragement, and God has brought me out. Praise God, when I was 11 years old, I came to know Jesus Christ, and he brought me out. 
of the consequences of my sin and, and estrangement from God. Uh, he applied the blood of Jesus to my life, forgave me, and gave me eternal life. He delivered me, and he will deliver me. I've only gotten the down payment. The best is yet to come. So these are all things that God does while we're waiting. And sometimes the waiting may be a part of the deliverance. As David is waiting on God to bring the kingship to him, what is he doing? He's going around the land of Judah. He's making relationships with people that are there. He's protecting their, their crops and their, their animals and so forth, he and his men. And, and he's developing these relationships, and God is actually preparing him for the deliverance during the time of the waiting. Could it be that in your time of waiting, God is preparing you for what's yet to come? I want you to know, I want you to know something. It's true in our lives, but it's also true for eternity. This life is just preparation. What really matters and what really lasts is yet to come. One of these days I'm going to shake off this old body and put on my glorified body. And I'm going to realize the purpose for which I was created. Deliverance is part of God's blessing in waiting. Um, Abraham had to wait quite a few years to see the promise, didn't he? God said, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And then later on, I'm going to make many nations. <laughs> many nations will, be, will come from your, from your uh, seed. And it is true. It has happened in history. The, the Arab nations today all come from Abraham. Israel, of course, is, is the seed of Abraham as well. These things have come about, but it took Abraham a while to see those things. I think God probably gave him a glimpse. I don't know how that works in heaven, but I think there are probably some things God lets you see. Um, he did see Isaac, uh, possibly uh, Jacob, Jacob and Esau as well. I don't know, you know, sometimes that may, may not have been too good a thing. <laughs> so those guys were some interesting fellows, but... Um, but the, most of the promise he didn't see in his lifetime. It was yet to come. And Hebrews says he was looking for another city whose builder and maker is God. Uh, so the deliverance is, will come. Sometimes the deliverance comes now. Other times the deliverance comes later. But it will come. And in those times of waiting, remember that God is preparing you for the deliverance. Blessings of waiting on God. His faithfulness, his teaching, his grace, his leadership, his counsel, his protection, and his deliverance. What a great uh, group of blessings God has given us. Are you waiting in your life? Trust God. Hold on to him. Hope in him. Seek him. Fear him. And wait upon him. And you'll find that these blessings will come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for the encouragement that it brings to our hearts. God, give us the faith to wait on you in those times where we wait. Uh, help us trust you. Help us put our hope in you.